0: Fresh manna fell to the ground as a gift from God while the Israelites were in the wilderness. This is what they ate for 40 years. It was fresh from the ovens of heaven, baked by the master baker himself. How the Israelites must have anticipated the taste and the smell of each morning's delivery. Just like the Israelites, you too can now experience the taste and the smell of fresh manna. Today you will be listening to Garrett Morgan, pastor of Big Rapids, Bristol, and Reed City Seventh-day Adventist churches. And now... Here's Pastor Garrett.
1: I've been reading a lot lately, and there was a quote that came out to me this past week that I wanted to share with you before we begin today. I think it's a good reminder. Because when we come to church, we're looking to hear God's voice. Amen? We're looking to hear from God and not man. And often we can put our own bias and our own opinion and our own lens when we read the Word of God. But we want to know what God is trying to get across, right? And here's the quote that I was reading this week. It's difficult to hear God's voice when you've already decided what you want Him to say. I'm going to read that one more time. It's hard to hear, it's difficult to hear God's voice when you've already decided what you want Him to say. Friends, let's let God speak for Himself today as we read His Word. Amen. Let's hear what God wants to say. Before we begin though, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and then we'll get started with our message. Father, Lord, we thank you again for the freedom to come and worship here today. Lord, we have your word in front of us. We're excited to learn from it. We've lifted you up in spirit and in truth and song and prayer. Lord, we thank you for that opportunity. Lord, as we come together and and listen to your word today, we ask that These would not be my feeble words, but Lord, we would hear of you, we pray in your name. Amen. I'd like to take you to a verse in Isaiah, if you'd go there with me today. Go to the book of Isaiah. Wasn't planning on starting here, but I think it's a good place to begin today. Isaiah, and let's go ahead and take a look at chapter 49. And God's people are talking in Isaiah 49, verse 14, and they accuse God of something. They believe or they accuse that God has forgotten them. Notice what it says here in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 14. It says, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. I just want to pause there before we read on for just a moment. Word of God says that He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Amen? We know that God never leaves or forsakes us, although sometimes, depending on our situation, depending on the actions that we have chosen, sometimes it feels like we are at a distance from God. But notice how God responds here in verse 15, and it's very interesting, and I think this verse especially speaks to our mothers in the congregation. It says in verse 15, can a woman forget her weaning child? Okay, you mothers know that there's a bond between a mother and a child that I would say is probably the strongest that we see in humanity, right? So the question, can a woman forget her young child, her weaning child, the innocent, helpless child? You know what the answer to that is? It's yes. A woman can forget her young child. I wish that wasn't the case, but when we look in our world today, we find actually quite a few examples of this very thing. Sadly, often a young mother will forget her needy child. It continues here. It says, can a woman forget her weaning child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, they may forget, yet will I not forget you. What a blessing that is. I mean, like we just mentioned, one of the strongest, I believe the strongest bond that humanity finds is a mother and her child, especially that young child. And through sin and through tragedy, we find even that bond often in today's time being broken. And that's tragic, isn't it? And God says, of course, we never want this bond to be broken, but often it is broken. But I will never break my bond with you. I will never forget you. If there's one thing that we know about God, it's that he has an amazing memory, right? God knows all things, doesn't he? He remembers all things. He cannot forget you. But he knows that we forget, right? I'm sure you've heard it or said it time and time again. The one commandment that we often talk about in our church isn't because we think it's the most important commandment because they're all important, but we emphasize it because it's the one commandment that has largely been forgotten. And it's the one that starts with the word, ironically, remember. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you will labor, and you know the rest. It goes on to reference creation and all of those things. But let's take a look at one of the purposes of the Sabbath. Go with me, if you would, to John. John chapter 15. We find Jesus talking here in John chapter 15. And he says something unique, John chapter 15, and we're going to start here in verse 9, and of course these words are in red if you have that edition, so Jesus is talking. In John chapter 15, verse 9, notice what Christ says here, John 15, 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. Now, notice this. It says, if, now that's a condition, right? If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my what? You shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his what? I abide in his love. Now, let me ask you a question. Even if you deny that God exists, even if you smash the Ten Commandments on purpose and don't have a repentant heart, does God still love you, yes or no? Of course he does, right? God loves all of his creation, even if they blaspheme his name, it's still his child, right? God loves all. But there's a difference between God loving you and you abiding in God's love, isn't there? I mean, we all know that God loves us, But don't you want to live in his love? That's how we were meant to be. That's how we were meant to live. And notice the condition of what it says there in verse 10. It says, if you keep my commandments, then you will abide in my love. We keep the commandments because we want to abide in God's love. But notice what the next verse says. I love this. In verse 11. These things I have spoken unto you, that my what? That my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Let me ask you, does God want you to have pleasure, yes or no? He does, in a pure way, right? The world has perverted that word pleasure, but in God's eyes, God's view of pleasure, God's view of joy, he longs for you to have that. And ironically, this day, the day that many people dread because it's the Sabbath, we can't do this and can't do that, this day was created for not your detestment, but for your enjoyment. Amen? It was created for your pleasure. It was created for all of these things. But how do we practically find it? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at today. I've been reading a book this past week that talks about the biblical view of God And did you know, and maybe you've met people like this, but did you know that there are a lot of denominations today that believe that God is unaffected by emotion? Did you know that? That God is, they they call it impassable. What happens here on earth does not affect him. He is God. He will not be affected. But according to the Bible, God is affected by what happens here on earth. Amen and it's pretty clear, and God expresses his emotion towards what happens here on earth. God is love, and because of that, he feels pain, doesn't he? I mean, don't you think that God felt it when his son was rejected? Of course he did. Don't you think that God still feels that rejection today when people still reject him today? Of course he does. God feels those things, but there's another I don't want to call it emotion. it is that, but that is another sort of action that we find in the Bible that a lot of people find foreign to God. And it's God's wrath. A lot of people are uncomfortable with that: God having wrath. But in fact, if we believe that God is a God of love, then in order for God to be a true God of love, it must include God having wrath. And I'll tell you why and this goes along with our message here today, but the only time that you find God producing wrath in the Bible is in reaction to sin, right? The only time that we find God having wrath in the Bible is in reaction to sin. Why? Because sin does what to his creation? It harms us. It kills us. It's evil. It's terrible. And so when you find God reacting with wrath, It's because sin is hurting his people. God would not be a God of love if he did not have wrath upon sin, right? It's a part of his character. It's part of him being loving. You know, it's going to be an amazing day when God no longer has to produce wrath. The day that God no longer has to produce wrath is the day when there is no longer sin. Amen. We praise God for that. God feels hurt. God feels and produces wrath. And at the same time, God longs to give joy because he is joy. And that's what he wants for his people. He wants us to abide in his joy. And in doing that, and you guys are studying in your Sabbath school class, early creation. And when God was creating this earth, He created things for humanity to find enjoyment. And the crowning act of that was the Sabbath day. What do we find biblically in keeping the Sabbath day that will give us joy? Well, let's go to the classic verse, or one of the classic verses on the Sabbath here in Isaiah. If you'd go with me there. Isaiah And let's go to chapter 58. Some of you are there already, probably. But Isaiah chapter 58. We're going to look here at verse 12 here for just a moment. How do we practically, I'm talking about practical tips, practical ways to make the Sabbath a joy and not something that we dread. And we find it here in Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 13. I think this is a powerful statement. But notice what it says here. We'll look at verse 12, Isaiah 58, 12. It says, And they that shall be of you shall build the old waste places. I want to pause there for just a moment. Don't raise your hand or anything like that. But have you ever felt like an old waste place? I think maybe we've all been there a time or two, right? Have you ever felt like you are downtrodden? Not worth anything? like nobody cares or wants, an old waste place, an old garbage dump. But notice what it says here, continuing, you will raise up the foundations of many generations, and you will be called, notice what it says, the repairer of the breach, amen? The restorer of paths to dwell therein. Isn't God the ultimate repairer of the breach? Ever since the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve had to be thrown out of the perfect place, God has been in action to repair that breach, hasn't he? God has been in action to remove that veil from the sanctuary, separating the Shekinah glory from his people. That's the great controversy that we're in. He's wanting to repair the breach. And notice it is all said in the context of the Sabbath. Could it be that the Sabbath is a tool to bring us closer to God? Could it be that the Sabbath is a tool to repair that breach between us and God? Notice what it says, verse 13 if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, From doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, and you will honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. So here in this verse, we find God saying, Don't do this, right? Don't go after your own enjoyment. Don't go after the things that you usually do, but set it aside for something else. And we find what that is in verse. Fourteen. This is what we're setting it apart for. Then you will, notice what it says, delight yourself in the Lord. I want to pause there for just a minute. I thought the previous verse said that we should turn our foot away, that we should deny our own pleasure. And yet the next verse says that God wants us to have delight. Friends, there's a difference between what we call delight and what God calls delight. Amen there's a big difference there than what God calls joy and what the world in air quotes calls joy. But far too often we enter into the Sabbath, even if we are going to church, even though we may be doing the right things, so often we come and approach the Sabbath looking for our own pleasure. And often we forget to realize, we forget to remember that the Sabbath day is the day that God provides that pleasure for us. Especially, right? This is the day that God wants to give us pleasure more than the world ever could. And it looks a whole lot different. And by the way, this pleasure lasts. In fact, this pleasure is supposed to last throughout the week, right? The Sabbath is supposed to be that little taste of heaven that gets us through the next six days, right? Until we get to the next one. And we're supposed to come to church panting, right? Saying, Lord, I need some help again. And God gives it to us. That's what the Sabbath is for. But how do we get what that is? In Song of Solomon, we won't turn there, but Song of Solomon chapter 2, verse 3 says, I sat down under his shadow with great delight. His fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. Notice what that verse says. It says that that woman sat down, she paused, and she communed with her beloved. Beloved. The Sabbath is a time that we truly need to sit down, right? Hit the pause button. Stop and rest for just a while and focus on your relationship with your Creator. Amen? Amen. However, that being said, what is your mindset on this day? Go with me to another verse here. Go to Psalms. Go with me to the book of Psalms. And I want to take you to Psalms chapter 92. And what's great about the Psalms is often before the psalm begins, it introduces to you the reason why the psalm was written. Or they'll say, like, to the chief musician, a psalm of David. it will tell you maybe this was for a certain feast or whatnot. But in Psalms chapter 92, notice what the introduction is. This psalm was written for the Sabbath. Isn't that great? So this psalm is telling us, in essence, one of the reasons or the purposes behind what the Sabbath is for. And notice what it says here in Psalms chapter 92. It says this, Psalms 92.1, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto your name, O Most High. I want to pause there for just a moment. So many Christians today, whether you're a Seventh-day Adventist, whether you're not, whether you go to church on Sunday, it doesn't matter. But so many Christians today will come into either church on whatever day, and they'll come into church expecting a blessing, right? They'll come into church, looking for their own maybe entertainment or coming for their own pleasure or their own blessing. And often we fail to remember that the Sabbath day is a day that we worship God, right? The Sabbath isn't all about me, amen? The Sabbath is about getting right and remembering why we're here. The pleasure of the Sabbath comes from worshiping God and not ourselves. And yet so often we come to church looking to fill us up and we're looking in all the wrong places. But when we come to church and we're praising and adoring God as we should, that's where the blessing is. I was talking to a new Christian, actually a new Adventist just the other day, and he hasn't been coming to church for very long. And he told me, and it made me laugh a little bit. He said, you know what? I like church and all of that, but I'll be honest with you, singing in church kind of creeps me out. I said, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Why is it that singing in church kind of creeps you out? That's what he said. And he said, it reminds me of going to Boy Scouts or summer camp or something like that and gathering around the fire and singing, you know, whatever song, right? It just seems odd to me. Like, I'm not coming to church to sing karaoke. I'm coming to church to, to learn what the Bible says. And I told them, I said, well, wait a minute. You have to remember that we're not just singing to sing. But we're addressing somebody. Are we not? When we sing, we're not just singing to fill time. When we sing, we're not just singing because we sound good. Because I'm not talking about this church, but sometimes we don't, right? But we are singing because we are singing for God. Our songs are not just to sing around a campfire, but we are addressing God. And speaking of God, you can't improve him, right? Like everything that you see around us, yourself, the building, your car, the road, the world, everything that we tangibly see needs improvement, except for God. You can't get better than God. And I know that you know that, but there is no improving on God. God is perfection. Is he not? And when we sing to him, we're recognizing that fact. Singing is not just to sing, but it's part of that praising and adoring God for who he is. And David knew that. When you see the Psalms or the prayers of David in the Bible, he always starts with praising God, doesn't he? He starts with praising God's name, and then at the end of his prayers, you know how he ends? Praising God, right? The Sabbath is to praise the Lord for who he is. Psalms 92 continues in verse two. To show forth your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night upon an instrument of 10 strings, upon the psaltery, upon the harp with the solemn sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the work of your hands. Pause there for just a moment. Remember what Paul said, don't boast about yourself, boast about your God. Brag about God all day long, because you should. God is great, isn't he? He continues, verse 6. Now, this is interesting. A brutish man knows this not. Neither does a fool understand this. I think that can speak for itself, right? Friends, the Sabbath isn't about necessarily trying to fill it up with enjoyment because of what you think is enjoyment. But allow God to fill the Sabbath what true joy truly is. Take that time to sit down in the shade of your father and eat from the banqueting table, right? Because it's here. That's what the Sabbath is for. And also remember, And I know this is hard, because I know a lot of you have very stressful jobs. I get it. But when we come to church, it's often very hard to forget about the struggles of your past week. Or the struggles of what you're going to be going back to Monday. Or for some of you, Sunday, Ted, right? This is like your only day. And it's really hard sometimes, my dad goes through this, it's really hard sometimes to train your mind when Friday sun sets to just block out all of those things at work. And to block out all of those bills. And to block out all of those troubles. And just focus upon your relationship with God. Where is your mind on the Sabbath? Because far too often, I've been sitting in church, and my mind has been somewhere else. Have you ever faced that? been in church, and the word is being preached, and the songs are being sung, but my mind is somewhere very distant, right? I'm not focused on worshiping God. I'm focused on something that might be troubling me. Friends, but the Sabbath is a day that God wants to commune with you, and that is where you gain your blessing. And I know that you gain that here, but you gain that on your walk after church, don't you? You gain that on your glow track that you hand out in outreach. You gain that by spending time with your Savior. I want to read one quote from the Spirit of Prophecy here. It's from the book Education, Joshua, page 260. It says this, An intensity such as never before was seen taking possession of the world. Is that prophecy being fulfilled today? Wow. In amusement, in money making, in contest for power, in the very struggle for existence. We've seen that this past year. There is a terrible force that engrosses body and mind and soul. In the midst of this maddening rush, I might say rat race, God is speaking. He bids us come apart and commune with him. Be still and know that I am God, he says. Many, even in their seasons of devotion, that's what we're talking about. Church, this is a season of devotion. Many, even in their seasons of devotion, fail receiving the blessing of real communion with God. They are in too great haste. With hurried steps, they press through the circle of Christ's loving presence. Pausing, perhaps for a moment with sacred precincts, but not waiting for counsel. They have no time to remain with their divine teacher. With their burdens, they return to their work. Friends, I know God created us to work, and I know all of you are hard workers. And that's good. But don't rush your devotions. Don't be so busy that you don't pause and listen to God. When you're in communion with Him, have your mind focused upon Him. And sometimes that takes some training, doesn't it? Sometimes that takes some, we don't want to use this word, but sometimes it takes some discipline to keep your mind focused upon God on his sabbath but i'm telling you friends it is so worth it to truly not to just have rest but the joy of the lord in abiding in his love praise god father we thank you for your sabbath Being able to talk to you right now, to sing songs to you because we adore you so much and we recognize that you are worthy. Father, the courts in heaven constantly sing you are worthy. It never stops. And Lord, today as we mimic the courts of heaven in your house for just a few moments out of our week, out of our lives, we remember why it is that we are here. For your pleasure, we are created. And Father, may we take that time to also have the joy of the Lord. We pray in your name. Amen.
0: You have been listening to Garrett Morgan, pastor of Big Rapids, Bristol, and Reed City Seventh-day Adventist churches. If you enjoyed this sermon, why not visit one of his churches this coming Sabbath or a church near you listed on strongtowerradio.org. You will find the Big Rapids Seventh-day Adventist Church at 1031 Rose Avenue in Big Rapids and their church service begins at 9.30 a.m. Or visit the Bristol Seventh-day Adventist Church located at 11-225 East 8 Mile Road in Tustin. And their church service begins at 11:30 a.m. Or visit the Reed City Seventh-day Adventist Church located at 17-290 U.S. Highway 10 in Hersey. And their church service begins at 3 p.m. This program has been a Strong Tower Radio production.